Faith Builders Church, welcome back to Sunday morning service, man. I am so glad to be back in our building, and I cannot wait to see you sitting out there with me. We're already strategizing our great big comeback celebration service, and I know there's going to be an awesome move and a revival of God. I hope you feel that stirring. I hope you feel the Holy Spirit activating on the inside of you, and all I can do as your pastor is say, get ready, get ready, get ready for this incredible move of of God. I don't believe it will be much longer before we're together. So last week I started our new series called I Am Jesus. It's been incredible to study. And our last week was on Jesus being the resurrection and the life. I am super excited about this morning's. I'm going to be teaching you about Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. This has been so awesome for me to go back and remember that he is the great shepherd. So let's just start right away with the word of God, and then we're going to study some scriptures this morning. But in John chapter 10, 11, you can follow along uh, with the screen, or if you have your Bible, you can open it up, and it says this, I am the good shepherd. Everybody say good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Already we see how awesome Jesus is. Who is Jesus? He's the good shepherd. And what does a good shepherd do? He lays his life down for the sheep. And we know that Jesus did that, our good shepherd. We learned that last week if you're new today. But we know that Jesus is the good shepherd. And the good news of the good shepherd is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the power that we live in today. But as, on one side where Jesus is the good shepherd, shepherd and he's the one who leads the way, we have to always remember that it implies that there is an enemy, isn't there? There's the devil and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we've got to recognize his tactics today. We've got to recognize the voice of the enemy because remember our battle your battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against covert virus. Our battle isn't against politicians and what we like and what we don't like. Our battle is against the forces of the enemy, which we already have the victory in, but it's walking in that victory. And John 10.1 says this, I tell you the truth. This is such a great translation. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. Robber. Well, first of all, who likes a sneak? Anybody that's sneaking around is nothing but problems. But this is what the enemy wants to do. He, doesn't, he knows he can't get through Jesus. He can't get through the word, the anointed one. So what does he do? He tries to sneak over the wall. He tries to sneak into our heart through people's opinions or, or the world or whatever it is. And the enemy always wants to come in the back door. And we have to recognize that we have a real spiritual enemy. And his mission is what? To steal away the joy of God's people, to rob us of our faith. Listen, the enemy wants to destroy anything that matters to God. Just think about that a minute. Anything that matters to God, the devil wants to destroy. The will of God matters to God. Your, your joy and your peace matters to God. Your marriage, your family, winning the harvest to Jesus Christ matters to God. And the devil hates that. Amen. He hates that. And now we need to rise up and recognize that we have the good shepherd leading us, but we've got to begin to combat the forces of hell and stand up to who we are in Christ Jesus. I want you to look at the power of this scripture verse. We're talking about the enemy who's already been defeated. But John 10.10 10 says this, the thief's purpose is to steal, 
kill and destroy, which we already know his mission and his assignment here on earth. That's his mission. But the word of God goes on to say, my purpose, Jesus, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. My purpose being the shepherd who we're talking about this morning, the I am the shepherd, is to give you a life flowing with abundance and blessing and joy and favor and healing in whatever you need in your life. Amen. So as we're looking at this scripture this morning, we know that the shepherd is symbolically Jesus leading and guiding us in our life and that the sheep is obviously we are his sheep. So let's break this down a little bit. In the word of God, you see that sheep are mentioned over 200 times in scripture, more than any other animal that has been named. I've done some study on the breakdowns of sheep and their behavior is so incredible to the relationship of a shepherd. And so I want to take some time this morning to break down what, um, why as a sheep do we need a shepherd? What is the behavior of a sheep? What are some things we need to look out for to recognize why we need Jesus? Why do I need a shepherd? Why do I need a savior? So let's look at three things this morning really quick. What are the challenges of being a sheep, God's kids? Number one, Sheep get lost easily. The sheep are always have a tendency to wander off, have a tendency to fall off the cliff, have a tendency to walk into the, the schemes of the enemy and be devoured by the wolves. In Isaiah 53 this morning, it says, all we like sheep have been led astray, each one to our own way. Do you see how the behavior of our carnal nature as sheep, I want to go do my own thing. I want to do what I want. I want to do what feels good, feels good to my flesh, right? That's the nature of the sheep. Um, but the scripture goes on to say, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the tendency of our flesh we struggle with, when Jesus became the good shepherd, that scripture verse says, he laid on Jesus all of our iniquities, amen, why? So that I don't have to be lost. Maybe you're trying to find the will of God in your life. Maybe you're trying to make a good decision, and yet you keep finding yourself making bad decisions over and over. Why? Because we get lost so easily without a shepherd in our life. It's because sheep without a shepherd get lost very easily. Listen, the Bible says that God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let's just thank the Lord right there for just a minute. The great shepherd, the great I am, he's a lamp in dark areas. He will illuminate the will of God in your life. He will illuminate decisions that you need to make. That is the role of the good shepherd. Number two, why we need, why us as sheep need a shepherd is sheep are defenseless. Without a shepherd, we are open to the enemy, right? Without the body of Christ, we are open to the enemy. There is, when we come together to worship and to community, there is safety. When the sheep gather together, they protect one another. Matter of fact, when they hear the wolves on the outside, the sheep may be all over the field. But as soon as they sense the enemy or the prey, all the sheep run to the center of the field and they clump together. Why? Because there's safety together in numbers. That's why we need each other. That's why we need the good shepherd because when we don't have the shepherd leading and guiding us in our life, we are open to the lies of the evil one, right? And that evil one wants to lead us right out of relationship with the church, right out of relationship with Jesus, and then we find ourselves so far away from the sheepfold that we don't know how to find our way back. 
The third rule of uh, the reason why we need a great shepherd in our life is the sheep are very stubborn. I want you to lean over to somebody in your house and say, you are stubborn. Okay, maybe you don't want to do that. We're in quarantine. We have to get along with each other. But let's just look at our own heart today. Isn't that the truth? We get so stubborn sometimes. We dig our feet in with God. The Holy Spirit will come and speak to us, and, and we just dig our feet in, and we don't want to change, and we don't want to submit. And if you study out a sheep, what happens is a sheep will just go off into these rocks and begin to climb. And they may get themselves nudged in these two rocks, and they'll be climb forward, climb forward, and they'll just dig themselves further in these rocks, and they don't know how to dig themselves out. They don't know how to go in reverse. And so what they do is they just keep fighting to dig through this squeeze place. Why? Because they're stubborn. And they find themselves more stuck, needing help to get their way out. And we do that sometimes, don't we? We get so stubborn. I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to forgive the church. I'm not going to trust anybody anymore. And then we don't pull on Jesus, our good shepherd, to get us out of these sticky places, get us out of these places that we have gotten in a rut, we need the good shepherd. Amen. In this season, let's not be prideful. We have to know we all need help. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us have made mistakes. Every one of us have wandered away. And we've needed the good shepherd to reel us back in with his love. And we'll describe a little bit of the shepherd before we close this morning. So number three, sheep are stubborn. Number four, sheep are filthy. I know we see all the cute little sheep in the storybooks and on TV, but the nature of the sheep is filthy and they stink. Why? Because they don't have the ability, listen to this, they don't have the ability to clean themselves. They don't know how to do that, right? And not only do they not know how to, they won't. And that's the same thing with our sin nature. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. I don't have the ability to take my sin off. I don't have the ability to rewrite the wrongs of my past. A sheep don't know how to clean themselves, and they won't. But the good shepherd, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, he will exchange our filthy, dirty rags when you call on the good shepherd, and we put on the robes of righteousness, which is his forgiveness, which is his joy, amen, which is his peace. We need a shepherd. We need the Savior in our life, and we need to follow the voice of that shepherd. We have to be very careful that we're not living in a time where we feel like, well, I'm a good person. We look at that person, oh, they're a good old boy or a good old girl, or, or they live a good life. When Jesus looks at us, a perfect God, when he looks at us without the grace and the forgiveness of our sins, he sees us as filthy sinners. That's why God sent his son to redeem us from our sin. It's not enough to just be good. It's not enough to just be a good person. We have to be willing to say, I am in need of a savior. I am in need of the good news, the shepherd that laid his life down. Amen. Sheep need a shepherd. And just as much as sheep need a shepherd, we need a savior. Without the savior, we are vulnerable to the evil one on this earth. And it's so easy to receive Jesus as our Savior. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Amen. And we're going to look at really quick this morning four incredible qualities of the good shepherd. 
Who is the good shepherd? And how do I pull on him in my life? The first thing of what a good shepherd will do, which is Jesus, number one, he will guide you in your life. The good shepherd will guide you. I want you to say that this morning. Say, he will guide me. He will guide me. In Psalms 23.3, it says this, the Lord is my shepherd. We know that. He is the one who guides me. Goes on a little bit later in that verse. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. What does he do? The shepherd will guide you down the what? The right paths. He will cause you to have the ability to make the right decisions, choose the right relationships, the right friendships, learn how to forgive quickly, learn how to receive his grace and his mercy. This is what the Lord does, the good shepherd. He guides us. It says in John 10, verses 3 through 4, and there's a lot of scripture verse I'm giving you this morning, but I really want you to take in and understand the guidance of the good shepherd. It says this, The gatekeeper, which is the good shepherd, opens the gate for the sheep, recognize his voice, and come to him. Now, I want you to look at this picture. The good shepherd opens the gate to the field, right, to the sheep. And the sheep who are out here recognize his voice, and they come. See, when you have Jesus in your life, When the shepherd calls you to obey, calls you to repentance, calls you to forgive, whatever it is, or calls you just to simply tell you that he loves you and to give you a safe place, because you know his voice, he will open the gate and you hear him and you will come. What a beautiful relationship with the shepherd. He calls his own sheep by their name. See, when Jesus calls, he's not calling, church, come. He's calling you come. And because you're a part of the church, the whole church comes together. But Jesus is calling you by your name today. He loves you. Who's ever watching, he loves you with an everlasting life. Enough to call you by your name. Somebody say amen. He knows my name. All right. Let's go on to say, uh, uh, he calls his own sheep by his name and leads them out out. Verse four, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. What do they do? They follow him because they know his voice. This is so awesome. I want you to picture this. Jesus, the shepherd is saying, everything's going to be okay. Come spend time with me. Come read my word. This is the season we're living in. He's saying, come, and all the sheep who know go, I'm going to run to Jesus. I'm going to run to my peace. I'm going to run to my joy. I'm going to run to my hope because I hear Jesus. I'm not hearing everything that's out here. I'm not hearing what I'm afraid of, but I'm hearing my shepherd. And that, that scripture says that when we come, then he goes in before us and we follow him. See, Jesus is going to lead you in the way of truth and the way of righteousness and the way of hope. You may not hear God audibly. I would love to hear God audibly. Maybe. Might freak me out a little bit. Not going to lie. But how do we hear God? Through the word of God. The more that you read the word of God, the more you will hear the voice of God. You won't hear the other voices of confusion. You're going to hear the voice of God. 
you know, the more that you spend time with someone and you're around them, you're able to recognize their voice. You can be a crowd of, at least for my voice, I have a pretty loud voice, so I can go shopping in stores and be talking, and I'll have people come from the other side of the store, hunt me down and be like, I heard you. I heard you in the back of the store, you know. Why? Because they know my distinctive voice. And that's the same thing with God. When you're around someone enough, you recognize their voice. The more you spend time with God, the more that you're in the word of God, right? Now you begin to recognize his voice. I'll never forget this story. I was uh, working um, at Osco Drugs when I was in high school and I was answering phones and I had people that came in the line all the time. And so um, I was probably two years I was in the public at Osco Drug. Well, I decided uh, one day I was going to call, call this floral shop and order flowers. So I picked up the phone. I picked any floral shop in Rockford, Illinois back in, the, in that time. And uh, I picked up that phone and started to place my order. And as soon as I started talking to this lady and giving my order, you know, and what I wanted, before I could give her my name, she's like, oh, my gosh, you're that girl that works at Osco Drug, aren't you? And I'm like, What? She's like, yeah, I recognize your voice. Every time I go in, I hear you. Well, I'm like, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> but what happened? She recognized my voice. She didn't even have to be in front of me to recognize my voice. That's the same thing with the shepherd. The more that you're with him, the more that you spend time with him, the more that you're around, you'll begin to identify the voice of the good shepherd. Listen, he's calling you by your name today. Your name is so important, and so is the decisions you're making in your life. They are important to the good shepherd. Listen, it is God's job to guide. It's the shepherd's job to guide. It is our job to follow. So in our prayer, we just say, God, I invite you in to be my shepherd. I need you to guide me according to your word. Now give me ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. Give me ears to hear your voice. My job is to follow. Shepherd, as soon as I hear your voice and I know your will, I commit to follow you and obey you. Amen? And when you invite the good shepherd in, what does he do? You tell him, speak to me, quiet my fears, and quiet my reasonings. And then the Holy Spirit can come dwell in. I'm going to pause right there for just a minute. How much time is that? My clock, okay, it's only been 18 minutes. Okay, for some reason it disappeared. You're going to have to chop this up. I'm really sorry. Okay. All right, so let's keep going. What else does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd provides. He's our great provider. Psalms 23 verses 1 through 3 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack no thing. I want you to say that this morning. No thing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He lights me beside still water, and he refreshes my soul. What a beautiful picture. I want to break that down really quick. Let's look at, he says that he makes me lie down. That lying down is something that's so incredible about sheep. Sheep will not always lie down, and there's three reasonings why. Three reasons why. Number one, they have to be well-fed to lie down. If they're still hungry, then if they're still desiring things, they will never lie down and find rest. But the shepherd's saying, I'm going to lead you to lie down. But the only way he can do that is what? If he fulfills my hunger. If he fulfills those things that are, I'm trying to get the world to fulfill, 
that nobody can fulfill but the good shepherd. Why? Because only the shepherd can make sure that I'm filled because the world doesn't satisfy us. So if you want to rest and lie down, you have to find your fulfillment from Jesus, the great shepherd. The second thing is, if they're not getting along well with other sheep, isn't that interesting? If they're fighting and there's a lot of tension going on, sheep will not lie down. Listen, when there is dissension going on in your life and there's confusion and there's um, things that maybe you're not forgiving people over and there's this unsettling in your soul, you can never find rest. But the good shepherd says, I will cause you to lie down if you'll trust in me. I'll cause you to lie down if you'll forgive and let go. I'll cause you to lie down if you honestly learn to just let go and let me be God. See, we can only lie down and rest when we're surrendering everything to God. Let peace come. Let forgiveness come. Let healing come in a situation. Maybe you need healing in a relationship, in your family, whatever it is. The reason why you're not resting is because we need to learn to allow the peace of God to come in. And the third thing, the reason why sheep would never lay down is because they have to feel safe. They have to feel safe. If there's the sense of the enemy around, the, the uh, sheep can never find rest. And without the shepherd and without his safety and his protection, you will never find rest. And Jesus is the one, the good shepherd. He's your defender. Whatever you're going through today, whatever anxiousness, whatever fear, whatever sadness, let the good shepherd wrap you in his arms. You know what a shepherd would do to a sheep that's tired? He'll pick up that sheep or a sheep that's running away all the time. He'll pick up that sheep and put them around his shoulders and he'll carry them so they can rest and also they don't hurt themselves. And there are times we just need to let the good shepherd bring us in. Why? Because I need to be protected. I need to come under his safety, his care, his nurture, because I need the good shepherd. Listen, no provisions of man can make you feel safe. Having all the hand sanitizer and the gloves and all that, and we do that and we use wisdom, that doesn't keep you safe. The good shepherd is the one that keeps us from safe harm and danger. Amen. Why? Because it's the blood of Jesus that the shepherd provided. The rest of that verse goes that he lie, makes me lie down beside quiet waters, still waters. Why? Because a sheep will never find refreshment from moving waters. The sheep will be afraid of movement, be afraid of, of uh, falling in and drowning. So what does the good shepherd do? Through our fears, through our insecurities, through everything. He says, I'm going to cause you to what? Lie down in green pastures and I'm going to refresh your soul by the quiet waters. See, when you learn to lean on the shepherd, what does he do? He quiets our soul. He refreshes our soul. He gives us peace to our body, our mind, our soul, and our spirit. What are you facing today? Let the good shepherd come and give you peace. Let him calm your heart. I just feel the presence of God right now. Just allow him come into your home or wherever you're watching this and allow the peace of God. Let me just pray for you right in this moment. Holy Spirit, I ask that you touch every person who's watching right now. Let your peace like a river flow. Lord, any fear, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, any sadness, Lord, I thank you that you are the one, the shepherd, to calm their weary hearts, their, their fearful hearts. In the name of Jesus, we release the presence of God and the peace of God to every situation. In Jesus' name. 
really quick, what does the good shepherd do? He corrects us, and we're not going to set much on this, but anytime that we need instruction in our life, correction in our life, the Holy Spirit will bring the conviction of, of, of the, the good shepherd in our life. We need to learn to submit to the good shepherd when he corrects us. Let's not be rebellious against the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's sit to him. Let him trouble our hearts for the things that trouble him. Let there be a conviction in our soul where we need the conviction. We need to allow the correction. I've always said if, if the Holy Spirit wasn't convicting me of things, I'd be very worried because that means I'd be so far away from the shepherd, I couldn't hear his correction. Amen. Or another word is conviction. We need to say, Holy Spirit, convict me of the things in my life that I need to let go and let you be the Lord of all in my life. Job 5.17 says this, blessed, blessed is the one whom God corrects. Isn't that amazing? We're blessed when we allow God to correct us. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Don't be angry when the Holy Spirit convicts us or, or corrects us, for he, for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hand also heals. Isn't that great? When we can trust the shepherd, be vulnerable to the shepherd, and allow him to take that rod of correction to get our life in order. Because listen, the good shepherd, remember, he's guiding us. He knows what's ahead. He knows the dangers. He knows the, the pitfalls. He knows the wrong directions, the wolves that are coming. Allow him to keep that rod to keep you in shape, keep you in line. Allow the correction. Correction is good, and you'll be blessed when we do it. Hebrews 12, 11, this is so awesome. It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Isn't that the truth? Who likes to be disciplined? Remember back in the day when your parents would say, when they were going to spank you back in the day, uh, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And you're like, uh, I don't know if I really buy that or not, right? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, but later on, it says, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. When you allow God to correct you, we don't like it. It's painful. But later on, you're going to see the fruits of righteousness. You'll see the fruit of your life being blessed by God. You'll see your children serving God. Amen. You'll see the miracle working power of God when you allow the correction of God. The Bible says, train up the ch children in the way they should go. Train, discipline, correct. Why? Because later they will not depart from it. When you allow that strong hand of God to correct you, it'll make you strong child of God and you will not run from your faith in the harder times because you allowed him to correct you in the times that we seem weak. All right, and the last one I want to talk about this morning, is he is our protector, and we talked about that just a little bit, but Psalms 23 says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, we're in the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Somebody say amen. What are some awesome things in that scripture verse of protection? He anoints my head with oil. 
Woo, he is a protector. When the sheep would be out in the field, the, the flies would come around and land in the sheep's nose and, pl- and uh, give birth to larvae, lar- plant larva eggs. And what would happen is some of the larva eggs would crawl up into the sheep's brain and they would go crazy and they'd bang their heads on the rock and they would have to put the sheep down. But when the, when the shepherd would anoint them with oil, it would keep the flies out of their nostrils. See, when you're anointed with oil of, of God, your shepherd, it keeps your mind at peace. It keeps those trouble, those anxieties, all of those away. And then that, that part that says, my cup runneth over. Back in the Palestinian homes in that day, you were welcome to stay at dinner for as long as you wanted, as long as your wine glass on the table was constantly being filled up. As long as that cup was being filled up, you were welcome to stay around. As soon as there was no more wine being delivered, they're like, it's time to go. You got to go. But see, when Jesus comes and visits us, the shepherd, our cup runs over. I never have to leave him. I never have to abandon his presence. Why? Because my cup is running over with the presence of God. Listen, God will leave the 99 to come to the one. And this is where I want to close this morning. I feel so strong in my heart that in this season of the church, God is bringing home the sons and daughters prodigal sons and daughters are coming home and the good shepherd is calling your name today and I don't know where you're at what place in life you're at you may be in shame you may feel like you're not worthy and you may not even hear the father calling yet but I'm telling you the prodigal sons and daughters are going to begin to hear the voice of the father the good shepherd and he's saying it's time to come home It's time to come back to him. It's time to lay down our sin, our stubbornness, our rebelliousness, or whatever it is, and say, Jesus, the shepherd, I want to come back home. And when the prodigal son came back home, the father was waiting. He said, I'm out here waiting for your return. I'm waiting for you. Not only am I waiting, but I'm going to throw a party for you when you get here. So there's no shame. And when the prodigal son came home, the father put his robe on him, put his ring on him, and he said, let's throw a party, cut the best meat because my son is home. Listen, God is calling you home and I'm bidding you by the Holy Spirit, come back to Jesus. It is so easy. And those of you who may not have Jesus as your savior today, this is the time and moment that you say yes to the good shepherd. I want you to say this prayer with me today with your heart. Maybe you can't say it out of your mouth for whatever reasons, but if you can, let's confess that we need Jesus today. Repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm in need of you. Forgive me of my sins. I need you to be my shepherd. And I want to come back home. I want to be celebrated. I want to be brought back into the fold where I belong. And I receive this free gift in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. Hey, listen, that prayer is everything to God. Heaven throws a party. God writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. But we need to be with you on this journey. We want to help disciple you, grow you. We want to bring you into the fold. And I can't do that if I don't know you. So if you'll go to our website, and the link will be there somewhere, find the the link that says, I choose Jesus. And I need you to fill out that link. Let it come to our offices. And we want to be in touch with you. We want to give you 
you a Bible. We want to give you the discipleship course that we just got ready so that we can teach you how to follow Jesus, which is so important. I love you all so much, Faith Builders. I can't wait to be back together with you, and I'm looking forward to next Sunday as we continue the next I Am series. God bless you. We'll see you then.